When we choose love and compassion, we create connection. In my Life and Laughter podcast, we find ways to choose love over fear. I'm your host, Perry Kinder. Hey, Life and Laughter listeners. I am back with another solo episode. I'm so glad you're here and listening to my podcast. I really appreciate your support and I'm excited to talk talk to you today. We're talking today about fear, which kind of goes along with the theme for Halloween, of course, and it's all kind of based on fear. And there are many things that I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of spiders and mice and snakes and tight spaces and dentists and toddlers, you know, just, just to name a few things. And those are the things that, the, the type of fear that I tend to move away from. I don't tend to embrace that kind of fear. But there are also times I put myself in a position where I know I'm going to be scared just for fun. I think we all do that. Maybe it's going to a, an amusement park, going on a roller coaster, watching a scary movie, reading Stephen King, watching The Real Housewives of Salt Lake, going to a haunted house. I mean, all these things are the kinds of fears that we move toward and through because it gives us a little bit of a rush. There's an exhilaration there of having survived something, even if it's not a real danger in our lives. It's just that idea we're putting ourselves in a little bit of danger, get that rush of fear, that rush of survival, and it feels good. So those are fears that we bring into our lives deliberately. There's a lot of things we bring into our lives deliberately that causes fear. And we give that fear a lot of control because we give that fear a lot of power. Sri Nisargadatta, Dada, which I'm sure I'm not saying right, Maharaj, sorry, I totally butchered that. He said, the mind creates the abyss and the heart crosses it. So when our mind creates this abyss, which is another word for a disconnection or moving away from or the space between the heart has to cross it so you think of the time that you move through fear or you are in a state of fear and your heart has to cross it that may not might not make sense right now we're going to jump into that so you think about the times that you've decided to make a change in your life maybe you've decided to change locations you're going to move to a different location And immediately you have that rush of exhilaration, a little bit of fear, but then your mind starts talking to you and jumps in with all these ridiculous scenarios because your mind is creating an abyss, an abyss that might tell you, don't bother leaving. You're comfortable here. Why do something that you don't know is going to happen? Why put yourself in a position where it's very unsure and uncertain, but then the heart has to cross that. The heart has to cross that abyss of fear and say something like, yeah, but it's a great opportunity for me to move to a different location, maybe meet new people, maybe find a new job. So the mind creates the abyss and the heart crosses it. You think about if you wanted to leave a job, the abyss that that creates in your mind. You know, what will you do next? Who will hire you? What if nobody hires you? How will you pay your bills? What about your health insurance? What if you're too old to find a job? What if you don't have the skills for the job you want or technology is going to make you obsolete? All these fears, all these abysses that your heart has to cross. Again, if there's a job killing your soul, leaving that job is crossing that abyss, is using your heart to cross the abyss because it's taking you somewhere closer to love. Because fear can be an endless loop of torment. And change always brings up fear. It's 
automatic, that when things change, the uncertainty and the unknown always brings up fear. You look at many high school graduates and maybe college graduates too, who are often terrified. That's a huge change when you're 18 years old, you're leaving all of your friends, maybe moving away to college, having to have a job, having to pay your own bills, having the idea that you have to choose a life path at the age of 18 or 19. And what if it's the wrong one? And how do I know how to be an adult? And what does that even mean? There's so many things that go through our minds as we have these big changes, moving to a new location, leaving a relationship. A lot of our fear is based on how we think people are going to react to our change. And that's a whole different abyss, a whole different abyss of doubt and lack of self-confidence. And if you have someone in your life who has a big influence on you, their opinion can really tank your confidence. They can really create an abyss where maybe there wasn't one before. If you've ever had a mother or a parent or a friend or a spouse who says, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that because maybe you're not good enough right now. That's their fear. That's their abyss. And you can choose to buy into that, but it's not going to help you at all. That's their issue. And learning the boundary between your issues and their issues sometimes takes a lifetime to learn, a lifetime to differentiate between when people are afraid for you, people are afraid with you, people are afraid around you, and then finding out what you really feel, learning how what fear feels like in your body. But moving through fear is a big part of our learning experience here. Amanda Christian, she writes the Tiny Buddha website, and she has some really, really good advice for how to move through fear, which is usually doubt, a lack of control, fear, again, fear of the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen. So the first thing that she has, the first piece of advice that she has is to follow your excitement. So go back to why you want to make the change before the fear kicked in. Instead of saying, what will happen if I move out of state? Ask yourself, what is the most exciting thing about moving to a new state or leaving your job or buying a new car or entering an art contest or learning how to dance or dancing in public? What will happen that's the most exciting thing if you move through that fear and come out the other side? And make a list of things that can be really exciting because we forget we, we have these inspirations of change and then our mind again it creates that abyss and starts talking us off the excitement ledge and pretty soon we're backing back down and climbing down the ladder going back to our boring jobs and our boring lives and putting our dreams on hold because it is too scary to fail but by not doing it all you don't even give yourself the chance to fail so from there after you make the excite the excitement list let your daydreaming just take off if you're gonna move out of state or move, change locations, make a list of new restaurants that you want to try. Maybe you can investigate some community groups that you want to get involved in. Find some cool coffee shops or art galleries or museums or parks or hikes or quaint little shops that will be by your new location. Make a list of all these things that you want to see. Again, going back to that excitement of why change is so good for us. It changes our energy. It moves that stagnant energy around and makes us feel alive again. The second piece of advice that Amanda Christian has 
for moving through fear is to let go of the inner talk. And Lord knows those inner voices are so loud. There might be a voice in your head saying something like, why do I deserve to have good things happen to me? My mom stayed in a bad relationship. So why should, why do I think I have to have a good relationship? Or why should I leave my, my job? My dad never left his job. Even though he died of a heart attack at his desk, he never gave up. He never left his job. These are all things that your voice might tell you that you don't deserve to have good things happen to you. Or you're not good enough to have good things happen to you. Maybe the voices are saying, well, you've made bad choices all your life. You're just not worthy to have anything good. And I've said this so many times, that's just bullshit. That's just your lying inner voice trying to, trying to keep you small. Everybody has made stupid choices in their lives. If we didn't move forward because we'd made a stupid choice, there would have been no advancement. Once we crawled out of that primordial ooze, we would have stayed there because everybody makes bad choices. So learning how to move through the negative talk of your inner voice is part of moving through that fear. You know, there's a, there's a cartoon of a dog laying on a therapist's couch and he's talking to his dog therapist. And he says to his therapist, I'm such a bad dog. And the therapist says, you're not a bad dog. You're a good dog. You just made a bad choice. <laughs> Repeat that story to yourself over and over and over because spoiler alert, you're already good enough. You're a good person who maybe just made a bad choice and you still deserve to have good things happen for you. The third thing on her list was to make a decision. Do something that breaks you out of your fear. If you're considering a job change, take a week's vacation and to do something different, even if it's just a staycation, because it's hard to see a way out when you're sitting in the middle of it every single day. So find a way to take a break, whether it's from your, your job, a relationship, um, something that's causing you stress. Can you take a break, step back, wait for inspiration, look for the excitement, and maybe you'll realize you really do like your job. You don't, you don't want to leave your job. You're just burned out. You're just exhausted. You might decide you can't stay another damn day at your job and you'll turn in your resignation. But either way, it's hard to make that decision when you're in the middle of it. So take a break before making a decision, but then make a decision because once you make a decision, magic happens, magic happens. When you decide to leave your job, maybe you see the perfect job post for the perfect job and you apply, or maybe you decide to change careers entirely and you go back to school or get training in something that you love to do. Maybe you realize that Working isn't all about money and status and power and titles. It's about what makes you feel alive. When you make a decision, the universe will find a way to help you. You'll feel the decision in your body. You'll breathe into it and don't take anything off the table. Sometimes we get, we're guided in a, in a completely different direction and that's scary again, that's fear, but moving through that can be really exciting and you never know what the end result will be. And it can be something absolutely fantastic. So follow your excitement, let go of the inner negative talk, make a decision, and then don't be hell bent on a specific direction. If you only make a change where everything is exactly the way you want it to be, it will probably never happen. Things almost never line up exactly the way we foresee or expect. 
So by releasing your expectations about what comes next, you open up a whole new world of possibilities for good things to enter your life. You'll, you'll feel very vulnerable, vulnerable and unsure and worried, but truly believe you're being guided into what comes next in your life. I've said it a thousand times, reinvent yourself all the time. You're not the same person you were 10 years ago or five years ago or, or even a year ago. Maybe what you believed then is not the same thing you believe now. Maybe the jobs you're looking for then aren't the jobs that resonate with you now. So don't, don't think you need to stick to a specific life direction, even if it's something that you've thought that was your path since you were born. It might be. It might absolutely be. But give yourself a little bit of leeway to move around in that space. And then number five, talk to somebody. There are many employers out there who offer mental health counseling. A lot of the time you can get maybe four or five or six sessions for free. Um, so find a therapist that you can talk to. A therapist or a life coach, they don't have your blind spots and they can help you move through the blind spots that, you, that might be holding you back. Because what seems like a mountain to you might actually be really insignificant, but in your mind is this huge, Himalayan mountain that you have to climb, but in reality, it's kind of a little bit of a hill that you need to climb over. But that fear kicks in and makes that mountain so much bigger. So finding someone to talk with, whether it's a friend, a partner, a stranger, a colleague, you might get a different point of view than you've ever considered. So talk to somebody. And number six, ask yourself, if your best friend came to you with this situation, what would you tell them to do? Because we always know the answer for other people's problems. We always can solve everybody else's problems, but it feels super different when it's our own problem and suddenly there are no answers. I'm stuck here. I have to live in fear the rest of my life, fear and anger and, and lack of control, but that's so not true. So pretend that your best friend is going through the same situation you are, what would you tell them? You wouldn't berate them. You wouldn't call them stupid names. You'd be very loving and kind and caring and you would listen. So listen to yourself, listen to your heart because fear keeps us back. It keeps us in our shell. It keeps us small. There was once a criminal who was sent to the king for judgment. The king found him guilty and told him he had two, two choices. He could be hung until he was dead, or he could open the door at the end of the hall and go through that door. Well, the criminal looked at the door and the door was big and dark and scary, a mysterious iron door with all these elaborate designs and anything could be behind that door. He thought it could be a pack of wolves. It could be a, a hole I just fall into. It could be a monster. It could be a cage I'd be trapped in forever. So the criminal decided that hanging was the best choice. And as the noose was being slipped around his neck, he turned to the king and asked, now that I've chosen hanging, can you tell me what's behind that door? Well, the king 
sadly shook his head and said, I offer everyone the same choice, and everyone picks the gallows. So the criminal said, well, tell me what's behind the door. I mean, obviously I'm not going to tell anybody, as he points to the noose around his neck. The king paused, then answered, what's behind that door? Freedom. The door leads to freedom. But people are so afraid of the unknown and the uncertainty and the fear that they immediately choose death. That's so powerful. The option is freedom, which they don't know, it's fear, or death, and they choose death. How often do you look at your choices and think it's too scary? I'm going to choose a soul death, or a mind death, or a relationship death, because everything else is too scary to comprehend, because your mind has created this abyss and you haven't allowed your heart to cross it. So much of our society is dictated by fear. You look at the horrible, horrible war and atrocities happening in the Middle East, and if your heart isn't breaking, you're not watching. Power and fear are closely entwined. And when the leaders of our planet they fear losing power or statue, stature or land or whatever they think they're losing. They react with such violence. It's the fear reaction that starts all these wars every single time. They don't follow their excitement or let go of the negative talk or make a decision that feels right or talk with somebody even. They just react out of fear. And while the rest of the world prays for peace, and I mean more than 8 billion people on this planet are praying for peace, very few men, and yes, it's mostly men, I'm not being sexist, you look at the leaders of these areas, they're acting out of fear, and they are destroying the world. What if collectively we stopped acting from a place of fear? What if as a society, we remembered that fear is an illusion and that you walk through that door and it's like it never even happened. It's not even real. What was I afraid of? How often do you say that to yourself? What was I even afraid of? You're afraid of the illusion of fear. Our, separa our separations, our differences, all of it is an illusion. The illusion that we live in is that we are not one. That is the illusion because the only real power in this world is love. And I'm not saying that to be lovey-dovey and hearts and good vibes. I'm saying that because it's true. The only real power in this world that can save us is love. And it starts with how you treat yourself and it moves out from there. And you think about the insecurities and the fear that these Putin and Netanyahu and Hamas and all these leaders who are just destroying, destroying lives, how insecure they must feel, how lost they must feel, how angry they must feel to react with such violence. Thank you for listening. Thank you for 
putting out your brave heart into this world because we need your bravery, your courage, your love. I'm wishing you all well. I'm wishing you all safety and peace. I'm wishing you all happiness and hopefulness. I'm wishing you all love. Have a beautiful day and thank you for listening. To continue your journey toward love and connection, follow me at Life and Laughter Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. 